Welcome to the Speak In Flow podcast. Let's unleash your leadership voice. Listen in to the untold stories of high-performing leaders where they will reveal their golden takeaways to help you become fearless communicators and fast-track your career. Join us for the journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Speak and Flow podcast. I have a very special treat, an amazing leader who does so much for the community. Welcome, Deborah Lockwood. She was the former president of the Provident Resources Group, the national chairperson for the American Heart Association from 2010 to 2011. And right now, she gives back to our cancer patients as the president of the Emory Proton Therapy Center or group? Center. Center. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's really nice to have you. Uh, I've heard so much about you through your amazing daughter, Sarah. And so I love to be able to share like your experiences with our audience because I feel like they can have so much takeaways from your leadership and all that you've done to help the community and also what are some of the challenges that you've experienced to rise to the top and so my first question to you is in your career in your profession I'm sure you've had gone through a lot but what is one key moment that you felt that was a challenge for you and what did you do to overcome that challenge? What was happening? So first, I was in my late 20s, which meant I wasn't very experienced compared to now. And I was being challenged by partners in a firm that I worked with at, at to bring in new clients. And I was just doing a great job as, as a CPA doing what I do, uh, not really understanding, well, why do I have to do don't clients just show up? And I was then said, told, well, you need to go get them. I didn't know how that would happen. And so I was asked to be on a board and to test myself to see if I could represent the firm, represent myself. It was a, I had to take a deep swallow then and say, mm -hmm. can I do this? Because I didn't know. Did but, you remember your thoughts that were going on, the feelings that you had? You know, I think I underestimated um what the responsibilities would be, number one, mm, okay. um, right. because okay. I did not realize what a board was, mm -hmm. honestly, that mm -hmm. a working board was really contributing to their mission and to get them to achieve their goals. And I didn't understand that role, nor did I understand that a well-run board is one that has uh, people with different expertise mm -hmm. to provide what a full board needs, whether it's something specific with the mission, whether it's accounting or it's uh, legal or it could be government relations, all these things. And when you start realizing that a board really is made up of a lot of individuals with certain expertise, when you put them together, you have a full company basically right. running. Right. And, and that isn't was, that what the teams are when you're in, if you're thinking about the leaders and you are all leaders of a part of a team and you have your specific uh, niche or expertise, you're providing the well-rounded uh, view of right. where you're going in a project. And so same thing with the board. And so, but you went in there not really knowing the full scope <laughs> and then you went in. Sometimes it's better I, not knowing everything. <laughs> well, I, I did, but I also understood that, you know, 
if you're a CPA, they're always going to tattoo you as treasurer yeah. immediately. And that puts you in a leadership role. Again, yeah. not sure whether I could do it, but I was I was actually in my wheelhouse because I knew how to do what I was being asked to do. Right. But I also felt a greater responsibility to do it in a better way or whatever. But I found that that was really once I knew my craft, in this case, I'm a CPA. Once I knew my craft, I knew a lot more than a lot of people who did something in another craft, mm -hmm. right? And putting them together made it all work better. So that helped me have more confidence. I don't walk into any group talking right away, mm -hmm. um, but I wait to hear. I like to listen first mm -hmm. to hear what is expected of the members. And sometimes there's more to it than, than I'm suggesting now, but you learn very quickly where you can help or not, mm -hmm. or what you enjoy doing or not, and which boards you like or not, which all of that has happened to me over the years. Mm -hmm. But when I do hit a home run, mm -hmm. and I am in a place where I'm actually contributing to the health of the organization and helping them meet their, meet their mission, and at the same time collaborating with other business people or non-business people that just kind of broaden my perspective. Mm -hmm. And those people I still see to this day, 40 years later. And, um, and, and you know, oh, remembering you on this board. Yeah, I remember that. It was fun. Yeah. Or it wasn't. It was a yeah. difficult time and we all worked through it. So that's um, really, I think, understanding what is needed before you walk into it. Right. But not not pigeonholing yourself per se, because right. connected right. to being a leader Right. Just because I want to be a CPA and right. I can do finances doesn't mean that I'm also not capable of being the president. Yeah, no, you said something very key here. So you went in with your specific craft as CPA, but then once you got in, you really listened to other people and found some synchronicity, maybe some interconnections. Yes. In the yes. moment. And where can we all together create yes. something? But that is scary sometimes because all a lot of the times we want to go in all prepared and know exactly what the what the conversation is going to look like. And so you're encouraging us, like, just go in, know your craft, but then listen, listen to what's going on. Uh, I have a question. Have you been in a conversation in one of those meetings where someone doesn't agree? So it sounds like you were able to build alliances, collaborations. And what about when someone doesn't agree with you? Well, first, it's about being professional at all times. Yeah. And I, if I know that it's a controversial subject, mm -hmm. I do a homework. I do homework. I come in with my facts and what I view something being. And if I'm outnumbered, I am outnumbered. It's a democratic society. And I then make a decision whether it is still in my and the and the organization's best interest to stay aligned or if they're going in a different way and I don't agree with it, then it's best for me to move on and let them do their thing. And mm -hmm. so I've been in both situations, you know, yeah. in a hospital in one case where I, I did not understand why they were doing what they were doing mm -hmm. um, in terms of alliances. And, you know, they went on and did their thing and they're doing great, mm -hmm. but I was uncomfortable. So it's about, it's, it's a, it's an evaluation both ways. They're, they're evaluating you, but you're also evaluating them. If you can rest, when you're finished the day and just go home and say it was a nice day or it was a difficult day, but we all are on the same page mm -hmm. that works. 
Um, but if, if on the other hand, you go home and you don't feel well about the whole deal and you continue to feel that way, then it's time to make a, make a change and allow someone else an opportunity. Because as a nonprofit, there are lots of people that are looking for those types of opportunities. So I think it's also, you know, appropriate to let other people have that opportunity when you've already, you know, done some and, and decided it's not for you. Right, right. And then let go of the the need to prove have yourself. a way or prove yourself. And it, and what if it falls back on you, though? What if it because ultimately the decision, if you let them do something and then the repercussions fall back on you. The the only decision that I thought um, I really needed to walk away from was really a strategic decision. Mm. which was where was the organization going? And, and it was a very volatile environment all around. And I just didn't, I didn't appreciate the direction it was going. It was relative to mergers and other things. So and I, I've been through two of those at this point. One I, I was appreciative of and the other one I was less. Uh -huh. But the bottom line was learning that I'm not helpful if I'm not enthusiastic. Mm, right. I'm not helpful if right. I'm just sitting there trying to question why are we doing this if, in fact, everybody has decided something different. Right. I'm the oddball. It's still, I believe, in a democratic society. And I do believe organizations go in different places and have different cultures depending on who leaders are. And if it's not my thing, it's not. It's okay. Have, mm -hmm. have you, have, how do you communicate some of these difficult? communication expressions uh-huh thoughts well i think i think you don't necessarily you express yourself that mm -hmm. this is not something that you think is a great idea mm -hmm. uh, without belittling anybody else's right. thought process yeah and then you know at the appropriate time mm -hmm. you don't make a deal of it you don't do it that night and say i'm off the board i'm out i don't want to be here anymore that's never happened to me i've mm -hmm. never done that mm -hmm. you wait until the appropriate time and decide i'm not going to renew Mm -hmm. Or I, I'm not going to go to the next step level. Mm -hmm. And that's how I do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it keeps everybody intact. I mean, you're still working and everybody's doing things. But, uh, you know, I I look for things that are fulfilling to me as well. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and building my energy and not taking my energy. Right. And I think that's, that's part the decision. Of it. Yeah. 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 Going in, and like you said, what fulfills me if it doesn't feel good and what's an, what I'm in alignment with and holding that to be true and saying that yeah. even if you might be the oddball, but at least you're saying it because you know that, Hey, there's something that didn't sit well with you. And so you're saying it and saying an appropriate time, doing the research and saying, not belittling people. Right. What I'm hearing. Yeah. Right. And, and then, so once you were on the board and then what happened after you, you found your way in the board and um, with the board. Any board or just, and the, the last one that you were talking about where was, where there was dissension. E, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, there was actually leadership change with management, too. So there were lots okay. of changes going on at the time. So okay. it was just a, it was all came unglued a little bit, but it all got back together. So it was good. It's, it's awesome. all. It, but, you know, we're still all uh, still, you know, a community that I'm in favor of and a hospital I'm in favor of and um, people I, I, I appreciate and, but I'm not having to stress about it. <laughs> it's right. I made that decision. And you, so you do a lot, you're in the uh, nonprofit industry. What made you decide to do that? You know, I, I was spending a lot of time on boards 
all sorts of boards mm. um, and really felt it was great for me. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But I also had a practice that I was trying to maintain. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided that I was going to sell my practice and to one of my partners and uh, go into industry, but chose nonprofits because I felt that I was going to marry both, right? Building, I don't have to build a practice anymore, but I can give back and be part of a mission and go forward and right. uh, whatever. And so I did that. And that has been the right decision for me all along. Uh, I'm certainly still, I, I was I was CFO at, at Provident for a number of years, 20 years or so, um, and still did a lot of accounting, but it was more strategic in the last 15 years or so uh, than detail. But mm -hmm. everything I learned and all the elements before then contributed to my being able to be in the role that I was at Provident. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. So you're able to take it with you. Yes. And it's a good choice for you. Yes. And, yeah. and all those relationship building. So in Providence case, where we may be dealing with University X and then another University Y, and there's a project for classroom space in one, and there's uh, housing on another, or we're building a hotel for a convention center. You've got to build relationships with people you don't know, some mm -hmm. of whom are questioning, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And some of whom are saying, oh, gosh, you're a wonder for us because we need you. And we have to learn how to explain ourselves in a humble way to make sure that everybody understands that we're here to serve them mm -hmm. and, and, and provide whatever we need to provide at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, that had, so learning those smaller tasks in smaller boards mm -hmm. taught, uh, taught me how to work in a team that is made up of attorneys and developers and universities and you know, government entities and, and so forth at the table, same table, mm -hmm. all with different perspectives, mm -hmm. all with different objectives. Mm -hmm. But trying to remember, why are we here? If it's mm -hmm. a university, we're here for the students. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, you're here for the students. I don't know what you're dealing with on your desk, but you're here for the students. And if we know that this housing that's safe and sound and, and comfortable uh, it is a better learning environment than you're doing your job as an administrator to make that happen mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. using all of those tools mm -hmm. what happens in a larger stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause that's so important reminding people of the reason why we're here. Cause so often we can just be on the position. I want it this way, or I want it this way and just keep talking about that. And then, mm -hmm. and then sometimes we might forget what is the real reason that we're here. <laughs> And try to find that commonality. And, and not make it personal. Not make it because personal. Because when we realize that you're here as a servant to help a mission get right. accomplished, it is a public. You're serving the public. And when you're serving the public, you don't necessarily know Joe Smith or whomever. You just know that in general, you're going to move the needle a little bit. That's what your goal is. Just keep moving the needle. Over time, it becomes a big needle that gets moved. But just knowing that and how we do it when you are uh, discussing tactics, mm -hmm. that's just really not important at the end of the day. If you have different people with attitudes, I mean, take technology. Mm -hmm. You know, people that do not want technology absolutely do not want it. Right. But others see technologies as a solution to right. get things done faster. Right. It can still get done. It's just a matter of how how quickly. How quickly. 
and and how we can work together to do this. Yes. Whether you use technology or not. Right. And and to keep our eye on the prize, to keep mm-hmm. our eye on why we're here. Right. Yeah, having it that very clear and being that underpin um to move us through, especially when there's challenges, because we know we're always gonna face those challenges. Right. And hurdles and obstacles. How do you do so much? What how do you manage your your energy, your your passion? What are your yeah, what do you do for yourself? I have this insatiable, un, insatiable passion to do things, honestly. Uh, and yeah. I like to I like to work. And I mean, it could be whether I'm, you know, coming up with a new recipe and I like to cook and I like to play with my grandson. I like to hang with my kids. I like to, you know, dance. I like to okay. be on a board and, you know, I like to be challenged with very technical financing options and at solutions and coming up with operations. I just, I like projects and mm-hmm. I can come up with a project all day long. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that energizes them. me. It, get, it yeah. makes me feel connected. And so why am I almost 70 and not retired? Because I don't want to stop. So that's kind of where I am. And what are you excited about the next decade? You know, I'm excited about trying to smell the roses. Yeah. You try and enjoy um, I my faith. I'm trying to really offer more in my faith and, and try and um, get closer to things that are important to me and people that are important to me and seeing a softer side. And I, you know, I just had my 50th class reunion. I said, goodness, Debbie, sure, relaxed. I went, it's about time. <laughs> so, you know, um, but that that's what I'm just trying to smell the roses, enjoy that, enjoy my new grandson. And hopefully Sarah will have a grandchild for us soon. I, I, oh, I hope so. I hope so. Um, How is your we're, faith? We're really, last, 2022 is a big year for us. We have a, a son and a daughter, both got married. Yes. And had a baby. So we've had a big 22. So how to smell the roses now. You yes. so, Oh, those babies will stop us. Yes. <laughs> stop us and force us to smell the roses and appreciate yes. all those little things, right? When yes. they're, they're curious and it's yes. so fun to see the, the, uh, the world from through their eyes. Yes. And so it's a joy. That's awesome. So what, um, I had a question. What, what advice would you give to these heart-centered, our audience out there, mainly heart-centered leaders? They're they're doing the best they can. They want to do the right things and they may have some doubt of what they're doing. Do, do I belong here? Does what I do matter? And they may not speak up as much. Uh, and so they're here to gather all the tools, the techniques. What are some things and piece of advice that you would give to these leaders to unleash that voice and lead? You know, I, I think I think number one, they need to find something that's going to make them happy in terms of mission, a connection to the mission or a connection to the people who have a connection to the mission, which if you don't have a connection to the mission, but you have a connection to the people and it's just another social opportunity that you can do something together and do something good, like Habitat for Humanity, right? Mm -hmm. People aren't necessarily on boards, but they like doing that. They need to build a house, Um, but they still get involved. But it's about finding something that is a talent you don't mind, so if you, I'm not very good with a hammer, so that's not my thing, but, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, but I do, I have gone out there to bring water, but I don't do that. Um, but finding something that you can connect to. And if you don't connect it, there are so many 
nonprofits out there. Mm-hmm. Just find, think about something that you enjoy doing mm-hmm. and find a nonprofit that fits it. Right. And then see if those, that culture there, the leadership that's there, and I mean the management team, if you relate to them and feel comfortable, then you are good to go. I have people that I know recently who started, they were parents who liked a certain kind of international school and things went wrong with uh, the school that was there before. And the parents decided, hmm, we're going to do this ourselves. And they did it. It's a fabulous school now. So uh, it's it's just about finding the right thing to do that that you relate to. Yeah. What do you think that will do for them? So they're not, they don't have the right thing. They don't know. What do you think that will do for them when they do find it? What is I believe that you will find a burning in your soul that you didn't even know you were trying to find. Yeah. And um, heart association for me was that honestly, Mm. from a, from a, from a civic perspective, it was the best civic thing I was involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and lat, it's still going. <laughs> it started in 96 and it's still going today. Um, and for me, Provident helped me there too, because I was able to feed the beast of my um, my profession and, and be challenged, you know, that way I could be in Louisiana and speaking to, you know, bankers in New York or attorneys in San Francisco or wherever. And I'm still here. And but so I I felt very challenged that way. And I enjoyed it. And at the same time, making certain I mean, our motto is building communities and community is a very generic term. A community can be defined as your classroom. It could be Mm -hmm. defined as a whole school, a whole Mm -hmm. community, a state all the universities, X, Y, Z, it can can be defined a million ways. And that's what it is. You find the community that you want to make a difference in and see how you can do it. And don't necessarily think that the first bite at the apple is going to work. You just keep finding them. You know, a lot of papers, a lot of, there are usually a lot of ads that talk about nonprofits that have things going uh, for the next month. And you can just drop in and see what you thought. And try that. Interesting. And then when you have that fire, the difference between having the fire and not when you find one thing, right. And you have that fire and you, and you realize just how much you can push through because it's not going to work all over. It's not going to work right away, but you realize and you see how much we could push through with that fire. You then get to look back and say, wow, I did that. That was me. And And, and really feel that. And so when you do it in a nonprofit world, yeah, yeah, it tends to make you feel more confident because you don't necessarily, when you're younger, mm-hmm. push to be a leader mm-hmm. when you're 25, mm-hmm. maybe not even when you're 30. Mm-hmm. And then at 40, you start realizing, well, I ought to do something. Right. <laughs> but when you've got the experience in a non-threatening way to take charge of something, mm-hmm. then you realize, oh, I could do that in a work environment. It transfers. Mm-hmm. It's just a skill set that can right. transfer right. and can do it in a way that does not um, make you feel that you're putting yourself at risk financially right. or otherwise. Right. Awesome. And what is the last question? This is what I remember I was going to ask you. How has your faith supported you throughout the journey? You know, uh, the one thing about faith is trust in God Mm -hmm. and to let it go. If something is, we talked about a difficult situation. And if that is not working for you, Mm -hmm. you have to know that it's bigger than you Mm -hmm. and you do what you can. And then you have to allow others to do it. 
I, my faith has helped me to understand I can't control everything. I just can't. Right. I have to allow it to be handled by others when it needs to be handled. Right, by right, right. So we do the best we can. And mm-hmm. some, and if, when it doesn't work out, it's bigger than us. It, it makes right. sense. That makes sense. Cause there's a bigger plan. There could be a bigger reason than, right. And that you don't know that we don't, you don't know. understand. And it, it always is. When I look back at some of the things that I've gone through, I was like, oh, that's the reason why that happened. Yes. In the moment, it's not it's like, no, 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 no. This is not supposed to be this way. But when, you know, thinking back, if we can all reflect back all the things that we have gone through, you realize, yeah. you hope to realize that that was a reason, you know, connect the dots. And then it can also help us for going forward. What fires, what lights our fire, what what's our yeah. passion. And just, just, I think just understanding that you're having an experience today mm-hmm. doing X, Y, Z, because that's what you were expected to have is planned all along. You didn't even know that you're having that experience. All those experiences add up. And over time, you end up in a job like I did at Provident. And I said, right. oh my goodness, right. I had no idea. Right. Uh, this was right. even here, or this could be, we created a company that I love. Right. And um, so I, I think it's trust. And it's also about, while I like a lot of projects and I don't mind doing hard work, I have to stop myself from doing too much. I really have to stop myself. I'm not, <laughs> not really good at allowing that on its own. But my age has helped me to understand that I'm I'm taking away opportunities from others. Yes. By trying to do it myself. Right. So I right. really, in the last several years, 10, 15 years, just really I enjoy being that servant here again. I want to be a teacher. I would love to do that, Great. you know, to just show what I know, not, right. not so much show what I know, to help explain in a non-threatening way. If I'm not their boss anymore, it's easier, mm-hmm. you know, so. Mm-hmm. 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 Isn't that interesting when you're not the boss, it's a little different. Yes. <laughs> but well, going back to what you're saying, saying no to things, Sarah, your amazing powerhouse daughter was also on our podcast and we dig deep into that, which was really cool. She, she um, really has honed in when to say yes, when to say no, listening to our bodies. And um, because that is a, a sign of leadership when we can do that with, um, with certainty saying no. And, and because like you said, when you say no to things, you're actually opening up our opportunities for other things that are, that are more in alignment right now with what you need. And so um, check out that the amazing podcast with Sarah. Um, well, we're going to dig into that. And, and so I think that's it. Um, how old is your granddaughter or son? It's a grandson. grandson. And he's six months old and we are taking care of him four days a week. Right. Wonderful. Now. So, Wonderful. What a blessing. Congratulations. Thank you. We're very happy. Very blessed. Yeah. I think that that's any last words. You know, I would just, as I was, you were saying something just now, I thought there were a couple of everyday things that I think helped me keep myself in line when I tried to overdo. One of them is when you're on an airplane, you're supposed to put the oxygen on yourself before you put it on your child, right? So you have to take care of yourself. You have to learn how to take care of yourself. And the other is, um, you know, I, I can remember just working myself to death. And I had two small children. I said, I don't want this job anymore. And I literally walked away. Um, I don't want this job because I thought I was only going to work an eight to 10 hour day, not a 15 hour day. And I just walked out one day of the executive offices. And I said, you know what? 
There's nothing on my headstone that's going to say Deborah Lockwood XYZ of YZZ. Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to say wife of Bill, mother of Sarah and Adam. Why am mm -hmm. I doing this? And it really stopped me in my tracks. Right, right. No, and that was that was 30 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Am I going to regret this? Am I going to regret, <laughs> regret this decision when I die? And most of the time, the, the small decisions at work were not. Right. I mean, they're not um, the lifetime decisions um, that that we're going to take to the grave and regret. It's usually more of the the time we spent with our family, the right. you know, the, the the meaningful conversations. Correct. And, and Correct. so, learning how to say no, using our voice to say no to things, cultivating. A lot of us are not speaking up, so cultivating the times that we need to just say no, need to. Um, lead with our heart, need to lead with compassion for yourself and for others. Yes. Yeah. And you bring your voice to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Deborah. And putting the oxygen mask for ourselves. That's <laughs> yeah. key, right? And so how do we, once we know what we need, how do we communicate that to others? Right. Right. Well, when you're in leadership, you get to say things like, I want to have uh, HR policies that have a balance of you know family and work period and right. I did that years ago yeah. and I had yeah. someone call me just the other day and says you mentored me I, I it was the best thing you ever did and we do it now and now we're you know one of the best places to be employed so awesome. thank you so much for your help with well, helping today and also the community to the people around you and sharing your knowledge with us really appreciate you. it enjoyed it thank you bye Thanks for joining the conversation today. Are you curious on how you measure up with your ability to speak and flow? Come grab my free self-assessment at speakinflow.com forward slash assessment. This assessment only takes a couple minutes to fill out. You will get your results within five minutes. See how you measure up with your ability to speak and flow and an unshakable confidence. Take the assessment, click on the link in the comments, and I'll see you on the other side.